blessings. You will give blessings. Now, many of you think that is neither a a Pentecost sermon nor a Father's Day sermon, but the truth of the matter is it is both. It When you study and you read the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you find out that giving followed the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And and, uh, I know some of you already went, oh, no, here we go. We're going to talk about giving. Yeah, you're right. We are. When we think about dads, we think about dads being giving people. I know my dad is a giving man. He gives and gives and gives and gives. As a matter of fact, my mother and father gave me a new pair of shoes for Father's Day. Hallelujah, I needed them. I was about to wear out the other ones. But they're giving people. they're, They're just like my old ones. They're just new. That's right. Amen. But, uh. My dad has given his time, he's given his energy, he's given his stuff so that I can make it. So when we talk about giving blessing, we are talking about what happens from Pentecost and what a father does. But today I want to talk for a few minutes about giving everything giving something, giving anything. And so I want you to open your Bibles with me this morning. We're going to start in Acts chapter 2, verse 45. Acts chapter 2, verse 45, reading from the New King James Version of the Bible says, And sold their possessions in good and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Now I want you to skip down to Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Excuse me, let's start in verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Now I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 4. I want to look at verse number 32. It says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they all, but they had all things in common. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your power, for your anointing, for your peace, for your mercy. Lord, I pray that you would extend my voice today. Extend my voice today to be able to share your word with your people. Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Many of you may remember last Sunday I talked about how that there was a time in my life that I wanted to be like Dr. T.L. Lowry, and I wanted to have that deep, raspy voice, and I guess God heard that prayer and gave me a raspy voice this morning. 
And so, uh, but um, we're, we're going to get through this. You will give blessings. There are different times in our lives. There are different situations in our lives. And we need to understand that there is a place where we have to give everything. There's places where we give something. And then there's places where we give anything. And, and, and so today I want to spend just a few moments uh, talking about these three areas. I want to talk about how that Pentecost causes us to change the way we view what is ours. How that the presence of the Holy Ghost in our life changes the way we view what is in our hands. The same thing happens. Our view of life changes, men, when we become a father. When we become a dad, we begin to see things differently. Thank you so much. We begin to see things differently. We begin to look at life in a different in a different uh, viewpoint. All of a sudden, it's no longer about what's comfortable for us, but it becomes about what's comfortable for our kids. It becomes what's comfortable for somebody else. All of a sudden, we began to move from being self-centered to being family-centered and other-centered. We give everything. We give something. We give anything to make sure that our children and our wives, our, I should say our wife and our children, are, are, are blessed. I only want one wife, folks. Trust me. Uh uh, but all of a sudden, we began to understand the picture that is given to us in the book of Acts here. Now, I'm going to start with this idea of giving everything. This in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 45, it said, well, I'm, I'm going to back on up. Verse 44, it says, now all who believe were together and had all things in common. And sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as anyone had need. Here's what Luke writes here. He said that after the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, after the mighty rushing wind, after the clothing tongues of fire, after the speaking in tongues, after everybody saying, oh, they're drunk, after Peter got up in the balcony and began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, 3,000 people got saved, and then they came together. Mm, I could preach today about coming together. How that we need to come together, but 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 that that's an obvious message that 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 we've talked about before: the ability to have unity and be in one mind and one accord. But after all that has happened, the Bible says that they were all together and had everything in common, and they sold their possessions and gave to anyone who had need. Now, let me tell you what the day of Pentecost did. The day of Pentecost did what the church can't do today. The day of Pentecost caused the men and women of that day to go out and sell everything they had so that nobody would be left behind. They gave everything. Now, why in God's green earth would they give everything? 
They gave everything because they knew that there was nothing more powerful than what they had found. When we talk about giving everything, I want you to think about the one thing that you don't want to give up. And I want you to realize that can become a God in your life. Come on now. Oh, see, I've been there. I've been there when, when I had things in my life and they had become a God. And I, I, God, I'll give you this and I'll give you that and I'll give you this, but I'm going to keep that. <laughs> That's mine. That's mine. My dad tells a story, and I had a mirroring story of it as, as I got older. Uh, and I'll tell you my, my side of it, but dad had a similar story. When I was 17 years old, my first week of my senior year of high school, I was actually only 16, I guess, my first week of my senior year of high school, we had moved to Ohio at the end of my junior year. I had, had a 1977 Pontiac Catalina four-door boat. I mean, I, I could have I put, put two of every animal in that thing. It was an ark. And, and, and I drove that car around. I bought it off mom and dad. It, it had 150,000 miles on it. And, uh, man, I take it out in the country in Ohio, treated that thing like a like I was Dukes of Hazard, it spent more time in the air than it did on the road. I'd hit bridges and and mom and dad told me I could get another car. Said I could get another car when I got a job and when they got their house. And so I had prayed and God gave me a job and and and, and the day I got my job I came home and that very day was the day that mom and dad closed on their house. So when they got home from closing on the house, I'm sitting there going, let's go. They said, where? I said, I got a job. You got a house. I'm going to get a car. So we load up from Shelby, Ohio. We drive 20 miles over to Mansfield, and we go into a Chevy dealership. They had a, a, a pickup truck in their used lot, and we asked, how much was that truck? And I wanted a truck. Truck. And I still want a truck. But I wanted a truck. And, and they come out. While they were looking at the price, there was a S10 pickup sitting in the showroom floor. Sports striping on it, sliding back glass. Fully, fully stocked with everything. Had a steering wheel and a stick shift. No AC, no radio, no nothing else, but had a steering wheel and a stick shift. And they come back with the price of that used truck. Crank windows, you're right, crank windows. And, and, and Dad said, well, how much was this little S10? And it was $2,000 cheaper than that used truck. And 16-year-old Tommy Sandifer got a brand-new pickup off the showroom floor. Man, I was hot to trot, folks. I had some money in the bank. That was the last time I had money in the bank. But I had some money in the bank, and I took, I went and bought me some, it was charcoal gray with black, uh, black and orange stripes on it. 
It was, it was gorgeous. Had, had, uh, I took, I went and got black keystone modular wheels and put on it with chrome trim, raised white letter tires. Had brand new tires on it, but I got new tires and new rims. I put a stereo in that thing that you could hear coming. I, 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 I did all, I, I went and bought me some, a light bar, roll bar, light bar, put in it, put KC lights on the top of it. That was a bad looking little truck. Shine that thing up charcoal gray. It would glisten in the moonlight. Back in those days, you poor kids, you, you missed it. But back in my day, we still went cruising. Put that thing in second gear and roll it about 15 miles an hour through downtown. That, that, that's my truck right there. And, and, and man, I, I, I had that truck all fixed up. Nobody touched my truck. Nobody leaned on my truck. Nobody came around my truck. And one day I was in an altar. And I said, God, I want more of you. And God, in his arrogant self, said, give me your truck. Oh, no, 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 God. Nobody gets my truck. God said, give me your truck. And I'll never forget it. And I know part of it was I remember Dad telling his story. But I sat there and I said, God, you can have my truck. And in my mind, I, in my mind, I visualized that truck just going boom. I about half expected to walk outside and find out somebody hit my truck. We had a stack of gravel at the church for some reason, and I would back my truck up on that stack of gravel so that nobody could park around me. I I'd, I'd backed it up on the gravel so nobody could park around my truck. But I said, God, you can have my truck. And from that day, my mindset about the truck changed. I started using the truck. I started letting people touch the truck. I started letting people be around the truck because that truck was no longer my truck. It was God's truck. And when I gave that away, God was able to give blessing. What happens is when we come into the presence of God and we realize that he is greater than anything we have, then we become willing to give him everything we have. The reason we struggle in the modern American church is we don't give God everything. We give God Sundays, but we don't give him Mondays. We give God church time, but we don't give God ball time. Mm, there's a, there's a, uh, I haven't read it. There's an article floating around Facebook right now. When ball becomes bail. And I haven't read it, but the idea of the article, I can already tell you what the idea of the article is. When we start putting our kids' little league above God and making it a God that we serve, that we pour money into, that we follow wherever we go, but we won't trust God. And then we wonder why our kids get mixed up and don't know how to trust God anymore because all we've told them is chase whatever you want, chase the things you want, chase the things that you want to be a part of. Don't trust God. Don't have to give God everything. You just have to give God something. 
But the early church understood if they were going to have the power of God, they had to give everything. Everything. When they gave everything, what happened? The Bible says that when they gave everything, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. You want to know how to find peace? You want to know how to find joy? It's not in your possessions. It's not in your vacation. It's not in your money. It's not in your bank account. It's when you've given everything to God, and now you can come together in one accord with the brothers and sisters of the faith, and you can eat your bread in gladness and simplicity of heart. I need some people that'll say we want to seek gladness and simplicity more than we want to seek material gain. We got to give everything. Then there comes a time where we've got to give something. Acts chapter 3 tells the story of Peter and John. As they were going to the house of the Lord, at the hour of prayer. Mm, now I've got a sermon. I've preached this for 25, 30 years. And, and, and the first thing about, I used to call it the makings of a miracle, and the first point you had to have to make a miracle is you had to be where you needed to be. You can't get the miracle without going to the house of prayer at the time of prayer. you got to be where you're supposed to be. And so they're going in, and there was a man who had been lame, who had been lame since he was born, and he had been laid every day at the gate beautiful. Now, I want to tell you what that means to me. Somewhere in the life of Christ, Christ had walked by this man. Jesus went to the temple. It is completely understandable and implied that Jesus would have walked by this man and he was still there lame. But this particular day, he's begging, asking for money. Peter and John are walking in. Oh, let, let me just back up here a second. Can I, can I chase a little rabbit trail here just for a second? I saw something yesterday just... Mess my brain up. Peter and John were walking. There's a reason why Peter and John were going to the temple, the hour of prayer, why it was those two. Do you know that most scholars believe that Peter was the oldest of the disciples? Peter had already been a business owner. He was a disciple of John the Baptist. He was, he was the oldest of the disciples, and John was the youngest. You had two generations going together to pray. You want to see some miracles happen? Quit hanging out with your own generation and grab a hold of somebody a little younger than you are. 
You want to see God do miraculous things? Quit walking around with people that know the same history you do and grab somebody that's younger than you are or grab somebody that's older than you are and walk with them into the house of prayer. Now, as they're walking down the road, this lame man looks up and says, alms, alms, money, money, I need money. And they stopped. And the Bible says that the lame man looked at them expecting to receive something. Can I tell you something, church? We have a world surrounding us every day that is looking to receive something from us. They're looking at our lives. They're looking at our hearts. And when we walk out of the church, they hope that they will receive something from us. They're not asking for everything. They just want something. This lame man wasn't thinking he was about to get his healing. He just thought he was going to get something. I got news for you. You're going to walk out the door this this afternoon and you're going to come into some people and they're going to be looking to you hoping that you will give them something. What they're thinking may not be what you're giving, but the key is that we give something. Peter stops and says, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give to you. Here we come back to this concept again. You know how many of us, we go, silver and gold, have we none? Sorry. Oh, I've got an anointing in my life. I've got a blessing in my life, but that's my blessing. Mm. I waited 10 days for that power. That's Peter and John. They tarried in Jerusalem for 10 days, praying and seeking God to get the power of the Holy Ghost. If you want what I got, then you go get somewhere and you tarry for 10 days. See, sometimes we think that everybody else has to go through the same process that we had to go through. When truly what God said is you don't have to go through the same process if somebody will give you what they've got. See, we need to get to a place that we quit saying, I had to tough it, so you got to tough it. Mm -hmm. You ever been there? Ever had a degree from the School of Hard Knocks? I got a doctorate from that place. You you know know how it comes out? Every once in a while, y'all have heard me say it. I'll look at my boys and I'll say, suck it up, buttercup. Life ain't easy. My mama used to tell me and Beth, we first got married, first started ministry, and something be going on, my mama would say, welcome to the ministry. Welcome to the ministry. Oh, but they're talking about me. Welcome to the ministry. Oh, they don't listen to me. Welcome to the ministry. I've said that. I've said that to everybody I've trained. It's not going well. Welcome to the ministry. You're going to have a bad day. But can I tell you something? 
when is the time that we look and say, silver and gold have I none but what I've got? what I have prayed through, what I have fasted for, what I have sought for, the anointing I've asked God to give in me, I'm willing to impart to you. I'm willing to give you the blessing God has given me. I'm willing to give you the mercy and the grace that God has given me. I'm willing to let the power of God leave me and come into you. Peter and John gave something. They gave the power that God had put in their life. Dads, why don't you look at your kids? And instead of saying, well, growing up's hard, why don't you say, I don't have any money, but I can show you a power. I can show you an anointing. I can show you a mercy and a grace. Give something. Give something. You know what Peter and John gave to the lame man? They gave him something that wasn't theirs in the first place. God had put anointing in their life. It was God's anointing. It was God's spirit. It was God's power. It was God's strength. Peter said, look, I don't have any money, but what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, under the authority of Christ. Rise up and walk. I'm going to give you what's not even mine to give. It was given to me. I'm going to give it to you. They re-gifted the Spirit. That'll preach a little bit. We need some men and women. We need some daddies in the house that will re-gift the Spirit. The only way you can re-gift the Spirit is if you get it in the first place. You pray through. You grab the power. You grab the anointing. And then you go give it away. Give something away. We got to give everything. We got to give something. And we have to give anything. We get into Acts chapter 4. Now, in Acts chapter 4, what has happened is the lame man has been healed, and that's caused a commotion. Let me tell you something when revival breaks out, it causes a commotion, and religious people get nervous. Peter and John have been called before the council. They've been questioned. They've been battered. And they've been told, we're going to let you go, but you can't talk about Jesus no more. And they have now come back to the church. And they have told the church everything that was said. And the church comes together and begins to pray. And they prayed, not that they would have strength, but they prayed that they would be given boldness to speak forth the power of God. Even though the church leaders had told them to be quiet, they said, we're going to pray for more boldness. And the Bible says that the pillars of the building shook that they were in, and it filled with smoke. And then it comes down to this passage. In verse 32, 
This is right after the building has been shaken and they've been filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Then verse 32, it says, Now a multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. Do you see this? The third time in three chapters, we're talking about giving. But this time, it says, neither did they think that anything was theirs alone. When you see this saying, give anything, sometimes we think that means that we can give anything. We can give a penny. We can give a dollar. But what this give anything means is that there is nothing that we hold back. I will give. I'll give my life. I'll give my sight. I'll give my energy. I'll give, I'll give my money. I'll give my time. I'll give my talent. There is nothing that I will hold back. God, you can have anything. You know, that is a scary statement. Let me give you a couple of examples. Herod's daughter came and danced for him. And pleased him greatly. And Herod said, tell me what you want. You can have anything up to half my kingdom. Anything. She went back and her mama said, go back and tell him. You want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. See, when Herod said anything, it cost him everything. When, when we begin to understand that when we tell God, you can have anything, there is nothing you can say no to. Oh, pastor, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know if I can do that. We can give anything when we understand that he's given everything. By his stripes, you're healed. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, we were healed. We are. You're right. We are. Let me tell you something. Paul writes it this way says, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. He says, Christ paid the price. Now I can come before him under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit living in me and say, God, you can have anything. It's not Mine. One of the first sermons I preached here many, many years ago was it ain't yours. We talked about the fact that that seat's not your seat. 
That parking spot's not your parking spot. That ministry's not your ministry. It's his. When we begin to realize that God has called us to give anything, that means that we've got to let go of everything. Dads, we need to be willing to give anything for our children. You need this? Let me do this. Christian, spirit-filled saint, quit holding on to your position, your title, your history, your your, your tradition, and start giving anything. I'll give my time to pray. I will give up my ability to sit in a worship service and hear a sermon to be able to work in a nursery. Ain't nobody shouting. I'll tell you something. Sometimes we got to give up anything. I will give up. the security I have in my bank account for that missions project. I will give up my job for my call. About eight years ago, I was working a full-time job. And Beth got her disability. And I sat down and said, if the church can give me $300 a week, we can make it. And I quit my job. And the church gave us $300 a week for three weeks. And then it went to $200 a week for two months, and then it went to $100 a week, and then it went to $100 a week twice a month. Let me tell you something. I gave up a job for a call. Did it hurt us? Yeah. Was it painful at times? Yeah. But I knew what God had called me to do. I knew how God had called me. Let me tell you something. When you begin to say, God, I'll give you anything, don't be surprised at what he asks. It may be that trip to China. It may be that trip to an Indian reservation. It may be that, that weekly trip to the homeless shelter to feed them. It may be as simple as getting out of your seat and coming to an altar. See, I know a lot of people, they're more afraid of an altar than China. Because if they come to an altar, somebody's going to think something's wrong. Give anything. Give up your pride. Give up your habits. I mentioned it a while ago. Give up your tradition. It's the way we've always done it. You willing to give anything? You willing to give anything? 
Sometimes it means you give up your tradition to get what God has in your life. We've got to give everything. We've got to give something. We've got to give anything. When we have the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we will give. We'll give everything, we'll give something, and we'll give anything. But we will give. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you right now. I thank you and I praise you for your power, for your anointing, for your peace. Lord, I ask that you would send your victory, send your mercy, and send your